It is also audio and pictorial messages from God. So it can be audio. Prophecy can be audio. You can hear from God audibly. And you can see visions of things that are going to happen. Are you understanding? Some of us are like that. Your dream, my dream, oh, it always come true. My dream always come true. You see it, it happens. You have deposits of prophecy in you. But if you don't take it, it giftings are, they are like talent. If you work with it, it will double up. If you make use of it rightly, if you do the right investments, it's supposed to yield, right? If you do the wrong investments, it will remain the same, right? So if your gift is not improving, you are not making the right investments. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Your gift is supposed to double up. It says he gave, he gave some people, he gave somebody, one of his servants one, he gave two, then he gave five. The one that had five multiplied it. Right investment, it doubled up, it became ten. The one that had to double it up. The one that had one did what? Buried it. And after he has buried it for so long, did he double up? Wrong investment. Stop burying your gifting, your spiritual giftings, into your own personal self. It's not for you, yourself, and you. It's for the body of... If you invest it in the people that God has set around you, into the general body of Christ, it will increase. You are dreaming before. You will begin to see visions. After you have seen vision, you begin to hear things. And not <laughs> evil spirit things. You will start hearing what God is doing. God will spontaneously bring it to your mind that I'm about to do this. I'm about to go here. I'm about to. Yes. It's not about standing in the place and do, you know, some of us, we think prophets are those that do, oh, he, you know, that, that just, how many of us know that? There's a particular way that they come, there's a particular drama that is. We in this Western world, we attach to. <laughs> to <laughs> so, unless the person does this, um, <laughs> or starts rolling around and breaking the camera. So you feel that, no, the person has not seen or heard. It has to come with certain drama. No, it's not true. The gift of prophecy is the mind of God. Understanding the mind of... We didn't read... Moses was a prophet. Are you understanding? And so many other prophets in the Bible. We didn't read these dramas with them. They just come. They speak the mind of God as they've heard it. The words of prophecy are known by the truth it contains and the way it comes to pass. So if you already have those natural giftings, you, it will help you to have an inclination that now that I've given my life to Christ, I have to invest these giftings in the body of Christ. And you do it in the place of prayer. Especially gifts that has to do with every reliance on the spirit of God. That you cannot come up with it by yourself. You cannot employ your physical uh, knowledge to do. That is heavily those that have the, man, the, the gift of prophecy are those that pray fervently. 
are those that don't get tired in waiting for God to speak. But you, you have prayed for five minutes and you say you are a prophet. Five minutes you are tired, you have slept off. If you want to sleep, you, the main thing is for you to kneel down and start praying. Within the next 20 minutes, you are snoring like a... <laughs> and then you say, you are, no, no, no. Prophets have the tenacity to wait. To, because you are waiting to hear from the king of kings and the lord of lords. You are not in a hurry. You will hear that Moses went up the hill 40 days. He was there just to receive an instruction from the Lord. They can fast and they can pray. They can wait. They can wait. They can continue to wait on God. Do you understand? This is how they develop the gift of prophets. So, do not be carried away by all these dramas and all these things. A true prophet is not, is, has moved past all these dramatics because it's not bread and beans, waiting and praying. They don't even have time for all that. The time they will be using for all those stage managing and all that, they prefer to use it in the place of prayer and waiting. Are you understanding? So it's not peculiar to maybe the young or the old. It's only given to those who have the natural ability. You see you, you are so patient. When you, you know, we have some grandmothers and when they start praying, Say, bless the food, mommy or grandma. <laughs> How many of us know them? When they start the prayer, just go and get extra plate and cover the food. Because they will start with, ah, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You think that's the end? You know, last year when we were coming, From Elori, we were in the vehicle. Ha! Huh? Nobody knew that there was going to be an accident. We are here today. We want to eat on the dining table. But that day, <laughs> but you see, the way they will do the old, they, they are patient. They can be on that prayer for three hours. Nothing. They are not moved. They will close their eyes as long as they are saying amen. My grandmother, my maternal grandmother, before she passed on, every night when she wants to pray, she will sit down on the bed. Then she will start with her children first. She has six. One by one. And their work. And their family. Then she will pray for all of them. Then she will go back to the grandchildren. Then she will pick the children one by one by their names. Then she will finish. She will go back to the husbands and their wives and their mothers and their father. Oh my God. I don't used to see the end of the prayer. I can rarely count. She patiently those are the people that are prophetic. If she had found somebody to help her build her gift when she was younger, she was always patient because I knew as far back I was a, as a, I was a very little girl that I went to her. Every time she wanted to take my bath for me, she does it with prayer. In the bedroom, we can spend one hour. 
She will be raising prayer points upon prayer points. She's not the kind of person you can stay with and go to school. No. Uh-uh. How? When you have used like two hours to take your bath and you will eat and all that. So there are people like that. The gift of prophecy is a very profound one. But it doesn't go through vessels that are patient. So immediately you come across a prophet, a, a prophet that cannot wait and cannot pray and cannot sacrifice. Even Elijah, as angry as he gets, or Elisha, they always do what? If you look through all the prophets, there are people that wait for God to talk. When they said he, was, he prayed and prayed and he said there was going to be rain, what did he do? When he went there and said there are very tiny dogs, what did he go back to do? Is it to stand there and say, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, I call down fire? No, he went back where? They are patient and they are waiters. They are prayer warriors. Those are prophets. So don't just say, ah, I want to give. When, I'm, when am I going to become a prophet? Start doing the work of a prophet. See whether your natural talent and natural abilities aligns with that of the prophetic. And then you'll be able to know where you're going. Hallelujah. Amen. The third one is what? Evangelism. An evangelist is one who devotes himself to preaching the gospel. Devotes himself to what? Preaching the gospel and has a natural compassion for the lost. You, ma, they have to drag you to go and do evangelism. In fact, when they drag you today, the next day, the next week, they knock on your door. You pretend as if you are not around. Huh? And you say you are an evangelist. How? An evangelist has a natural uh, compassion for the, the ability to go out there. They seek them. Those are the people that can stand in the bus and say, give your life to Christ. I'm not here for, they are not there for the offering or whatever they will be giving. They are there passionate, like come to Jesus. He can change your life. They are there to, to, to they can go to places. They can preach anywhere. Hallelujah. They see people in the club, they are not okay. They're like, my friend. They don't get tired. They have a natural compassion for somebody that is not doing or going the right way. Hallelujah. Evangelists are also natural talkers because if you, are, you don't have the ability to talk so much, you get tired when you talk for some time, like me. Sometimes I don't just even want to talk to anybody. You know, so I know that probably I'm not a natural evangelist. Do you understand? I don't have the natural to keep talking, 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 bringing stories, laughing. When I laugh too much, my face starts hurting. You know, but some people they have natural smiles on their face every time. I'm wondering how, how do they cope? Amen. But it doesn't. It doesn't seem to bother them, really. Yeah. I see it all the time. I'm like, ah, oh, wow. Wonderful. That's your natural. So a natural evangelist can talk. It's very comical. Ask stories. Exaggerated stories. Borderline lying. They seize a basketball. They call it a wonder ball. Use your imagination. 
Wonder Bow, Wonder Bow. He said, Wonder, Wonder Bow. Hallelujah. So that they can be, they can get your attention. So they have a way of getting, grabbing people's attention, helping them to navigate. You know, they will not tell you all the hurdles that are there, the pros, and, the pros only. When you give your life to Christ, you can never remain the same again. Yes. Everyone bound. Everyone is, you know, by the time they are true. But, you know, if you give a melancholic the mind, you said, you know, giving your life to Christ is in two ways. There is sacrifice and there is suffering, long suffering, and there is love and peace and joy. There's righteousness. But there's also long suffering. You must be able to, the person be like, ah, I'm suffering long already. So by himself, he has finished that evan The evangelism cannot work. Like, I don't want another long suffering. But the, 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 the sanguine uh, evangelist will be like, ah, in Christ, all things are made perfect. Beautiful life, wonderful life, heaven bound, everything you want. Just the Bible says, whatsoever your heart desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it, you would have it. God is going to do great things for you. Mighty things are abounding in the Lord. In the Lord, there is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. All the sweet, sweet ones. He wouldn't tell you that when you become a worker or even a pastor, you have the ability to sit on odd seats. You can be kicked in and away. Do you get, do you get what I'm saying? So, an evangelist has peculiarities that you do not see in everybody. They are very compassionate. They are loud. They want to be heard. They have the energy to walk around, to start new things, to compel people to come to Christ. Hallelujah. Pastoring is the next one. This term derives from a Greek word, shepherd. A shepherd does not shout. A shepherd is the one that leads the sheep, right? A shepherd is the one that takes care of the flock. He cares for people personally. If you are one of those people that likes to go around and say, hello, how are you? How's, how are you doing? You can approach anybody for that. You can move. I know I can do that. As much as I, can, I cannot evangelize, I have a natural flair for caring for people personally, not the crowd, you know. I want to know you. I want to know what you're doing. I want to know how I can be of help. So there, there are people like that amongst us seated here. Your family people, they know you as everywhere. You care for everybody. You are involved. You are that. And you are still there sitting down. Not pastoring any group. Hallelujah. Your stream ought to be flowing. Your spiritual gift is not for you. It's for the people and the members of God, of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So it's something, it says that cares for people personally. You know, even so, okay, okay, there's another one. After pastoring, then I will say what I want to say about it. So we have pastoring, which is the shepherd that cares for people personally. Then we have this next one, which is the teaching gifts. And it's someone who devotes his or her life to preaching and teaching the Christian faith. 
detailed explanation of God's words. You know, there are some people when they take a scripture, they have the ability to link it up, break it down, make you understand. How many of us have come across people like that? There are people that don't know how to, you know, break down the word of God. But there are some people when they take the scripture, they be like, ah, not the same John 3, 16 that we have all been reading. How come it's now linked to this and that? You just like to listen to them when they teach. Some of us, when we're in school, we have favorite teachers. Teachers that when they enter the class, everybody is glad that they have come. And you understand? So a teacher can be a natural ability, but it can also be a spiritual gift. Now, when, because there are some teachers that cannot actually teach the word of God. Natural teachers, they can teach physics, biology, chemistry, but they have zero gifts when it comes to God's word. Brilliant master, but zero when it comes to God's word. So that is where the gift of teaching comes in. When it comes to the word of God, for it to be expanded, you need the teaching gifts. And it's not everybody that has that. But some of us, when we are having our morning devotion, when you open the word of God, you see yourself spending time. You see yourself having revelations that you want to share with somebody and say, ha, I didn't know this scripture. It links in your mind to another scripture. It comes together and you are, you are wowed. And you just want to share it with somebody. Oh my God. It is not a good thing for you to keep it to yourself. At least start by posting those revelations on your page. Are you understanding? Pastor, do some of us, we don't know that we are in this age and time. Some of us have 1,000 followers on our Facebook. And we are not pastoring them even though we have the teaching gift and the pastoring gift. You can start with that. Amen. You can start with that. Share it. Because if you do not invest your gift in the right places, what, what happens? It will not yield any returns. Hallelujah. So, it says here that even so, the two are not interchangeable. Even though the, the, the two words, which is the pastoring, you see that they are similar. Pastoring and teaching. They are not interchangeable because while pastors are teachers, not all teachers are pastors. You cannot be a pastor without being a teacher. Are you understanding? You to, for you to pastor, you have to feed the sheep. And the only way is to teach. Yes. It's the word that brings life. It's the word that brings growth. It's the word that brings the change. But not all teachers are what? Pastors. Some of us. I started out as a Sunday school teacher. And how did I know that I had the spiritual teaching gifts? It was because then I was waiting to enter the high institution. And I was in a church where they used to have Sunday school in the morning. I was in a class before. Then one of the days, I think my teacher, our Sunday school teacher was not around. And I was forced to just, like, you are the one here, maybe like, like two other people. So they just said, oh, yeah, you. Come out and just take it. So they gave me the manual. And I stood there, a young, very young girl, in front of the class. And it was not a youth class, it was a general class. And I taught it, you know. I just given my life to Christ maybe a year before because, believe me, in secondary school, I was not a Christian. Yeah, I don't know how that went. But I gave my life to Christ by myself after I left. And so I didn't know about spiritual gifts. So I started teaching them. And I started seeing that people were listening. 
And as people were joining, you know, my, our, the overall coordinator moved closer. Do you understand? And was also listening. And that was how I found out that the next Sunday they, they said that I was going to be teaching. I was recruited into the Sunday school teachers team that Sunday. And I came for the training. And by the next Sunday, we started a youth Sunday school group. And I just found out that my class was always full. In fact, fuller than the rest of the classes. Because those people that came, called their friends, and you know, it, it began to you know, grow the church. But I was just simply doing what I knew how to. I didn't even know what it was called. I just knew that I loved to teach the word of God. I, I understood it, and I passed the message across, and they loved to hear it. And at the end of the day, you know, my pastor then was thinking of starting a youth branch that he was going to send me to Ikeja and all that before my husband showed up. And the rest was history. Yeah. So <laughs> that was how I started, from the t being, just being a teacher. I wasn't a pastor. I didn't think I would ever become a pastor. But I love to teach in the Sunday school. I loved everything. So you, could, you, you see that it's not everybody that is a teacher that has a teaching gift that is a pastor. But you could start from there. Most of the time, teachers become pastors. Hallelujah. The next one is faith. Faith. Faith is not being deterred by impossibility. Boldness refers to that strong or special faith which removes mountain and casts out there. You see, this, this one has more to do with your, tem your natural abilities. You will see that most choleric have these gifts. They have faith. It's work. Everybody, let's gather. Let's do this. But most phlegmatic are like <laughs> doubting Thomas. They will give you 100 and one. Melancholics and phlegmatics, why it, it may not work. Have you thought about this? Ah, you want to do this. You want to do, but you know, it's a balance. I'm phlegmatic. My husband is more choleric than sanguine. More, maybe almost 50-50. I can't tell sometimes. And you will see that sometimes you will just say, hey, we want to invite somebody from America to come and preach. I'm like, how much is the flight ticket? <laughs> then you'll be like, ah, can't we invite? We can invite Pastor Matthew Ashimolo. I'm like, oh. how much is it? Say, one million. Like, let us calm down. Be coming. I said, be. just started again. I said, okay, let us calculate it. Then, when we sit down and calculate, yeah, hotel, feeding, on the way home, maybe we should wait a bit. Amen. That's why, you know, we have to have some kind of balance. But, you know, they have faith. They have faith. It can happen. There are some times that you have said things like that. I've, I've brought myself them. Say, no. And surprisingly, it will be done. And there will be no negative consequences. So I've learned to step down when it has that strong, whatever that it can be done. I cannot see it being done. But you can see it between, ah, lead the way, follow, I follow, I follow. That's where the spirit of, you know, humility comes in. I follow, let's see how it's going to be done. And surprisingly, it will be done. 
Hallelujah. So the spirit of faith, which moves mountains and casts out devils, faces the most cruel martyrdom without flinching. The gift of faith is what some, many of the apostles had, that they were able to face being killed, being fried, being burned alive, all those things. They're like, anything that happens is Jesus and I all the way. If you like, fry me in hot oil. Unshakable mm -hmm. faith. Some people have it. They believe that this thing will be done. I, I met a woman recently, and she said she had uh, a partner. When she met her husband, he was diagnosed of a certain disease that reveals that he, he cannot father a child. No sperm at all. So no sperm, no, no, yes, there's release, but inside the content of the release, no sperm at all. To, to, how do you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> she believed that it could be done. And even though she knew that he did not have any sperm at all. She went ahead to marry him. And they started praying. And they started eating healthy. And they started waiting on God. And they engaged in the acts frequently like rabbits. With faith. And today they have their baby. Listen to me. There is nothing that your faith cannot accomplish for you says, you will say to this mountain, be thou removed. <laughs> Have you seen a mountain before? Mountains don't move. Amen, somebody. Mountains don't do what? They don't move. But the word of God says, with this faith, you will say to a mountain, you will not move it, you will not push it. You will say to it, it will develop legs. It will lift itself up and it will move from where it is to where you want it to be. That's what happens when there is faith. So sometimes, you know, you meet people with solid faith like that. Don't pull it down. Don't say because you don't believe it cannot. And say, ah, no, sir. It's your sister. You want to marry him. Mm-hmm. No child. No, as, this one is not low spam count. It's no. Zero. Ah. If she has somebody like that, you know they won't have a child today. So when you come across people that have faith, it's, there's, it's a gift of the spirit. So you have to take it up. And even if it is you, don't let anybody drag you down unnecessarily and say, it cannot be done. Say no. With God, all things are possible. I believe I have faith, and you will see it being done. So this is peculiar with people that are sanguines and acolyte. Personal, personal, natural abilities, natural traits that they have. The spiritual giftings will come upon it and rest on it and amplify it, and great things will begin to happen. Hallelujah. The next one is wisdom. The knowledge of the great Christian mysteries. You will see that there are people that have the gift of wisdom. They know things. They understand things. They understand times. They can, when they speak, you're like, wow. Like, these mysterious things will just be broken down. So 
Yeah, there are people like that. And these are also people, when you see a, a, a person that is a great mathematician, have you seen somebody like that before? In your class, all the equations that you, that you look at and you, you want to faint. <laughs> this person will look at it and continue to solve it, solve it, solve it, solve it. And you're like, oh no. Even when they finish explaining it to you, you are just still like, how did you, I, I say, how did you get it? I still don't understand. Can you explain again? For that mass, A1. Yeah. Chemistry, A1. How? <sighs> 98 over 100. How? Chemistry, physics. 100 over 100. Natural mysteries. They understand it and they understand it perfectly. They are ready-made vessel for the gift of what? The gift of wisdom. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Such people can easily, when they truly surrender themselves to Christ, they can have, naturally have the gifts of wisdom to solve great mystery, to understand times, to see, you understand, and to bring that, that gifting to bearing. Hallelujah. There's also the gift of administration, also called the gift of governing. You know, it refers to God-given capacity to lead or guide the church through storms and difficult times. Administration is not a small gift but a whole lot of people think that it's a common one. Administration helps, the gift of administration helps the church to be able to uh, uh, navigate through difficult times, to transition from small to large, from small to big, to bigger, to biggest. It's not something that can happen without administration. You hear Reverend say most of the time that the church is 20% spiritual, and 80% administration. And that means that if you have the gift of administration and you're sitting down, you are sitting on 80% growth of the church. Only you. Only you. You have to make use of it. It is not a common gift. Not everybody can be an administrator because you have to have the ability to lead and the ability to delegate. To see that things are not working Analyze it and see how it is going to work. If you have that natural gift is and say, hey, my own gift is I cannot, I cannot prophesy, I cannot heal, I cannot do all these things. <sighs> it is just one of the gifts. Just as the gift of healing is important, the gift of administration is important. It's just that some giftings are crowd pullers. Some are sitting on the bench, but they are all part of the team. Are you understanding? You cannot say because there are 11 people playing on the pitch. You know, they, they are the one that has the name. When they win the, the, the match or the World Cup, the benefit will go to every member of the team, whether you are sitting on the bench all through or you are playing on the field. Your presence of, on the bench assures the team that if anything happens to somebody on the field, there is another person to replace. And that assurance brings confidence and they play with their whole hearts. Are you understanding? And so that is how it is also in the body of Christ. We have these things. We have these people. Some people are on the bench. Some people are in the limelight. Some people are uh, reserved. Some, and most of the time, the things that make your body work and function well are the unseen ones. 
The same ones are not the brain behind it. The unseen ones are the ones that are doing most of the work. And so don't commonize your gift and say, eh, because I'm not, they're not giving me honorarium and envelopes. I don't have any spiritual gift. The gift of administration is a very powerful one. It guides the church through storms and difficult times. Then we have interpretation of tongues. Yeah. Interpretation of tongues. I think that was the last one I gave. It says, this required that speech given in unknown tongue be interpreted in common language of the gathered Christians. Yeah. There are actually some people that when you start speaking in tongues, they understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And that comes from the natural ability. You know, there are some people around us that they find it very easy to learn new languages. Have you come across such people before? They can speak French, uh, Arabic. They can speak out. Just staying around certain people, they have the ability to easily pick languages and learn. When you give your life to Christ, you should expect that because of your natural inclination, the tongues of the Spirit also will be revealed to you. Are you understand what I'm saying? So now that we are linking the spiritual gift and the natural gift, it ought to be easier for you to understand your giftings and to make use of it wherever you are. Developing it. Amen. Discernment. Capacity to discern, distinguish, and or discriminate the source of a spiritual manifestation. Some of us, when we see that somebody else is bemi, you know, bemi, no bemi, immediately they start bemi. You are like, here we go again. You just bring out your popcorn and your Fanta, cross your leg. No matter where, like <laughs> everybody is moved. Yeah, yeah. You're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you can discern. You understand that this thing is a season film. Some people cannot discern. They just follow. But you, sometimes, even sitting in front of somebody and they are saying things to you, you can tell whether it's a lie or the truth. Some people can't. You just look at the person like, oh, okay. So that natural ability helps you also in spiritual discernment. If you have a natural ability and it is not complemented by a spiritual gifting, if you have a strong natural ability and it is not complemented by a strong spiritual gifting, you, have not, you are not complete. It's two sides. You have one side of it. Where is the other side? You travel in the place of prayer until you have it. The Lord is helping us in Jesus' name. Then we have this, the gift of giving. Those with this gift share their possessions with others with extraordinary generosity. Extraordinarily generous. Like, they don't hold back anything. I can give you anything as long as I think that you need it. It's not that they are foolish in their giving. It's not that they are not considerate of their family. Because some men, it's not a sang- the sanguine weakness. You know there's a sanguine weakness. They just collected their salary. And you're going and the system is going, please, I need to say, oh, it's suffering. Then you give the house rent to a beggar. Ah, he will. <laughs> and you get home and say, darling, ah, if you see what I saw today, ah, that woman was suffering. I had to give her all the money I had. 
Then the Daniel will be like, I, I, <coughs> we choke. Like, how much exactly did you give? In fact, I had to give all my salary. Then you'll be like, hey, hey, one chance. You know, there are some women they feel that they've entered one chance. Because they cannot understand where the, the, the relief will come from. Like this man is just moved by his emotions. I'm not talking about emotional giving. Emotional giving is disastrous. It will help make you give waste your resources to, re, to places that they are not really needed. But there are some people that are generous, just as there are some people that are very stingy. They can give you advice from now to tomorrow. One naira will not drop. Yes. But there are some people that will give you advice and support you also with some. Yes. So generous. Many of us have met people like that. Healing is the next one. The ability to supernatural minister healing to others. You have seen people that say, be healed. They lay hands on the bone. It straightens. It is a gift, just like administration is a gift. Just like giving is a gift. Don't look down on your gift so that you can get more. If I'm your father or I'm your mother, and I wrap a small gift and I give it to you, then you look at it and throw it away. Definitely you are not coming back to me to get another gift. But if you appreciate what you have, that small gift can be a potent. It is not how big a gift looks that shows how valuable it is. Ah! This ring in my hand might cost more than this all. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's very small, but it might cost more than everything here. It might. It's not how big it is. It is how, how precious it is. How valuable it is. That is what makes a gift or gives a gift its value. Its value. Hallelujah. So we have the gift of healing, ability to supernatural minister healing to others. You must understand that this is a very dependent gift. It involves compassion. It involves waiting on God. It's just like prophecy. It does not have much to do with your natural ability. Are you understanding? You have to wait to receive. You give as you have received. You do what you see God doing. You don't do yourself. That's why you see so many people go into all kinds of witchcraft and wizardry and all those things to just minister these things. But they use the, the, the demonic spirits. To do, and they are heavily dependent on these spirits as well. They can't do anything without sacrificing to them. So these are heavily dependent uh, gifts. Just like the gift of miracles too. The performance of deeds beyond ordinary human ability by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then we have the gift of hospitality. That's cheerfully sharing your home with others who need a meal or a place to stay. Some of us cannot even open our door when a stranger comes knocking. You open the door and lock the net. Or you answer from the gates. Peep, oh. Hello, uh -huh. who are you? I'm looking for a wrong address. You don't even allow the person to finish. They knock again and say, please, I'm hungry. Come and get work. Go to Lake they are doing... Uh, why are you coming here? We don't have company here. There's no work here. But there are some people. Their homes are always open. They feed people. They are hospitable. They don't know how to turn anybody away. They cook and they cook extra. 
Some of us have come across such people. A warm meal that we have taken. One, you see, you know how it feels when somebody takes you in. You know, when you don't have anywhere to go. Hallelujah. So this is a gift. You see that all these gifts are not for one's personal self. It's for people around you. The gift of knowledge. Knowledge refers to, is often said to relate to understanding of Christian doctrine. So, you know, the gift of knowledge, wisdom, teaching, pastoral, they are all linked together. If you don't have the gift of knowledge, you probably will not have the gift of teaching. Do you understand? So, all this, sometimes you can see that ah, that's how you have like three, four. So, some gift, manifestation of some gifts is as a result of the foundation of some gifts. Some are foundational gifts that gives rise to another gift manifesting in your life. Then there's a gift of encouragement, the ability to motivate Christians to be patient in endurance, in brotherly love, and in good works. <laughs> the gift of encouragement. Some people, when you are having issues, you don't even want them to open their mouth and talk to you. Anything they say can make you want to commit suicide. They be like, and you gonna say, why do you do that? Why are you like that? You should have, you would have, but it's not done. This one, this is where we are. The gift of encouragement. You see a sister that has gotten pregnant. Already he's ripping the, uh, out of wedlock. She's ripping the rewards of her many labels. All her hard work is manifesting. Yes. So now she's already in the debt and mud, and then you are there. Ah, look at you. See your life? I told you. It ain't one. The beads don't cut here. The beads don't cut. It's one place it will cut and scatter. Now it has scattered here. Have you seen? That's how it happens. How old are you again? 16. I've said it. You cannot be more than 16 when this thing will happen to you. You are always jambularizing all that. If you are not in Ajiboye, you are in Shoretire. Yeah, okay. Who is the owner? You don't know. You cannot know. How will you know? You see that that person definitely does not have the gift of encouragement. You cannot. How can you know? You. You cannot. Uh -uh. Can you count them? Never. Why? You know, they are asking, they are answering. It is not the gift of encouragement. But there are some people, they'll be like, how? See, come and sit. Stop crying. Sit down first. Oh, it has happened. It has happened. Eh, sit down. What do you want to eat? Uh -huh. You eat rice. Uh, eat. Go and sleep. Because the first bearer of the consequence of one's action is oneself. Already, the load is carrying or she's carrying is enough for a lifetime. Hallelujah. So, encouragement helps to uh, bring people to the point of healing, acceptance. And moving forward and moving on and having the strength to do so. Hallelujah. Help. There's also the gift of help. This gift has to do with services to the sick and to the poor. Hospital evangelism. There are some people who are called to the prisons, hospitals. These are the gifts of help. They help. It's not only in the material thing. It's, it's, it's in going the extra mile, you know, to help them in their times of need. Hallelujah. Then the gift of tongues, almost every Christian has that supernatural ability to speak in order on language. The gift of leadership, you know, 
the gift speaks to various leadership roles found in the church. You will see, oh, you are the uh, uh, leader of the uh, officials, leadership. You have the ability to lead small groups. Yes, it's also a gift. The gift of mercy. It's also identical to the gift of helps, you know. And it's the ministry of visitation, prayers, compassion, you know, prayer ministry. Those people that are giving to it, they are there. They, maybe they could not, you know, do other things, but they can pray. They can visit, you know. Not necessarily evangelists, but they have the compassion. You know, some of us, we don't have compassion to go out there. We don't have the ability to stand on the streets and in the corners, you know, to shout. But we also have the compassion to, you know, to pray. That is the, uh, uh, what is it called? The gift of mercy. Are you understanding it? So I think I have taught the whole 20. So I, we've spoken about the 20 gifts of the spirit. Spiritual gifts. 20 of them. There is no way you cannot have one or two. Everyone seated here has at least one. Every one of us. It is time we stop being a dam that is not flowing and become a river. You were given that gift so that you can affect the body of Christ positively. You can 